was real simple. You got two more quarters and that's it. Now most of you have been playing this game for 10 years. You got two more quarters and after that most of you will never play this game again as long as you live. I want you to take a moment and I want you to look each other in the eyes. I want you to put each other in your hearts forever. Because forever is about to happen here in just a few minutes. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever you choose to listen to this podcast, I'm Dave Ruzicki with Nathan Rivers, my producer, and welcome to The Heart of Teaching. In this episode, we're going to continue on with our look of non-traditional careers. And with us today is Coach Mike Benavides, who's the defensive coordinator for the Ottawa Red Blacks of the Canadian Football League. And he's going to take us on his journey to becoming a professional coach. Now, even if you're not a football person, Coach Benavides' take on what's important in life, not just football, is both inspirational and motivational. And this is definitely worth a listen. So as usual, please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Coach Benavides, it's uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on today. I'm going to start off by asking, how did you get into coaching? And what was the journey? Well, thanks for having me, Dave, and it's a pleasure to be here with you. I certainly uh, share my journey with you, which you know, I've been blessed in my entire life and career, but basically the way it happened was I was a kid growing up in uh, inner city Toronto, played high school football like most kids do, and uh, at that time, uh, not a lot of kids got scholarships to the U.S. I was fortunate enough to do that. It could have been Hawaii, it could have been Michigan State, but at the time I wasn't big enough, so I ended up being at a scholarship in California at Bakersfield College in California. So for a Canadian kid in the 80s, that was a big deal for me. So I I was fortunate enough to go play um, college football, and I experienced that. After I was done with that, I played at York University when I came back to Canada because Bakersfield was a two-year junior college. We won a college championship in 1988, which, uh, funny enough, was called the Potato Bowl. And then I came back to do some more education at York University, and at that point there, I also coached high school at Central Tech at my high school in Toronto, but I also, um, you know, got to meet uh, Coach Arnott at York University there in Toronto, and, you know, when things were done and I was done playing, he suggested, hey, I think you'd make an excellent coach. Would you like to coach for me, being at the York University uh, Yeoman program at the time, and uh, coach my defensive line and be my recruiting coordinator, and he wanted to start fresh. Uh, back in 1994, and that's kind of how it started. He suggested it. I loved the game. I had a passion for the game. Um, done playing it, so I didn't play professionally. The CFL teams had obviously done their homework and, and had made some phone calls and things like that, but that, that never transpired for me. So I went into coaching, and it was the greatest thing I've ever done. But if I think about it, Dave, when I think about my high school tenure, it was the high school coaches that affected my life. And a man like Bill Naylor, who was my coach at the time there at Central Tech, um, really affected me in the sense that, you know, I was an overweight inner city kid, pretty shy. And, uh, you know, the whole discipline and and everything he did for me and and, and the whole experience as a coach uh, that he provided for me um, just resonated with me. I remember he made me feel good. I mean, he could yell at me. And I felt like crap. And then he would make me feel so good and feel proud and have confidence and feel part of the team and all the rest of it. That that just resonated with me as as, as a high school player and as a young person. Uh, you know, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. What he's able to do to us, we all loved him. You know, he just the, the entire team. Um, 
just believed him. He was, you know, at that age, it's almost like a, you know, a second father to you and a father figure and all those type of things. Because it's a, it's a point in your life where you know you're very, um, you know, you're looking for those type of things and those t- type of role models. And so that affected me when I was in high school, and then when I finished playing, as I said, in college, uh, Tom Arnott at the time at York University in Toronto, I said, uh, I think you'd make a good coach. Do you want to give it a try? And that kind of became it. And um, you know, here we are, you know, so many years later, um, and, and I'm still doing that, loving that, learning every single day. And uh, people sometimes in our business say, hey, you know what, I haven't worked a day in my life because it's it's a game. It's something that you love and if you could find something that you're passionate about and that you love, you'd love to get into that career, and I've been fortunate to do that. That's uh, the, the term, right? You find a job that's a passion, you never have to work another day in your life. I believe that, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So how did you how did you jump from the college ranks to the professional ranks? We talked off mic there. That was a pretty cool yeah. story about uh, the, uh, the camp and uh, your ability to go up and start talking to some of the professional coaches. Can you share that yeah. with us? Absolutely, I'd love to. So, you know, that experience for me, I was coaching in college um, for about four or five years. And then in the year 2000, there was a um, Varsity Stars All-Star Camp put on by the CFL teams. At the time, it was put on by the Edmonton Eskimos and the Calgary staff. And they did it up in Edmonton, Alberta. And that was in the year 2000. And basically, that was about getting coaches together with CFL coaches, college coaches with CFL coaches, and learn from each other and, and learn to, to, to uh, you know, just expand your knowledge and, and build those relationships with the professional coaches. But also, it was about getting our, our college athletes, our CIS athletes, uh, now it's, it's OU sports, but try and get that uh, relationship and, and expose the young players to professional coaches and also get the CFL teams to know who our athletes were uh, countrywide. And so um, I, my boss at the time, obviously coach or not there at York, said, hey, this would be perfect for you. I'd like this. I'd like you to represent our school. Um, go ahead. It'd be a great experience that uh, those kids get you to coach them. And at the same time, you get to meet the CFL guys. So that was the first weekend. Uh, it was like May 2nd, 3rd, and 4th of, of year 2000. And um, it was a great function, and it was a great purpose. And we had clinics every night. We'd meet the coaches, talk about scheme, how we teach, what we do, and just talk football. And it was a great, um, great, great experience for me, and, and it really enlightened a lot of different things and showed me different experiences. We talked earlier on. I mean, every single day you're always trying to learn something from anybody, and it was a great learning experience for me. But, you know, I'm not, I wasn't the most outward person, still not, but uh, – and I just found enough strength and, and courage that uh, Wally who was the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders at the time and their GM, was there. And he, he wasn't there all week, but he came up for a couple of days, and I saw him there on the field after practice. And I, I don't know what came over me, Dave, but I got the courage and strength to go and talk to him and introduce myself. And I've always said this, I think God gave me that strength to do that because I'm not that kind of person. But I went up to him, introduced myself, and said, hey, Coach Wally, how are you? My name's Mike Benavides. I'm a coach at York University. I'm here coaching this week. And, uh, you know, I'd really like to, you know, spend some time with you or, or, you know, uh, really would like to be a guest coach in your training camps. I'd love to experience that and be there. And, um, you know, so it's something I've never done. But I think what it taught me was you really have to put yourself out there and you really have to 
put yourself, people use the term outside of your comfort zone. And so if you want something, you're going to have to push for it. You have to, you have to be an advocate for yourself. Yeah. So that's, you know, so many years later, that's kind of what I've learned from that. At the time, I didn't know at the time I was just a nervous guy. I had trying to have a conversation with someone that was at the top of the professional that I wanted to be part of. And uh, he said, well, that's great, Coach. Great to meet you. But you know what? Uh, that's not stuff I deal with. You know, <laughs> I, I leave that to my assistants. And, uh, you know, uh, Jim Daly and Coach Chuck McMahon, they kind of deal with those things in terms of who comes to visit and be a guest coach. And so, you know, the camp goes through. We finish off on a Sunday with the game and all that. Great week. Uh, met the Edmonton Eskimo staff and uh, Coach Greg Marshall and guys like that. And um, met the uh, Calgary staff. And, you know, I had the outward conversation with Coach McMahon and Coach Daly that I'd like to come to, you know, camp someday as a guest coach, learn and experience that. And so we left it at that. They knew I was interested in going and attending and pursuing this a little further and experiencing the CFL training camp, which, you know, for people that don't know, you go to a professional camp as a guest coach just to learn and, and amalgamate yourself on how they go through their process, their systems, their teaching. And then you take that back with you back to the university or college that you're working with. So it's pretty common, uh, but it's really hard to, to get that opportunity because uh, there's not that many openings. But so they, I left there knowing that they wanted, I wanted to do that. So that was the first weekend of May 2000. And my wife, Judy, and I uh, were getting married May 20th, uh, that same month, uh, year 2000, up in Edmonton, because that's where she's from. So we get married uh, in, in, and have a lovely experience and all that. And it was just, uh, you know, one of those lifetime experiences and greatest memory of my life until I had children. And then, um, you know, so we had a two-week honeymoon after that because I had a lot of friends. We had a lot of friends coming from Ontario to come visit us. So we had a two-week honeymoon out in the mountains and um, had a great time. Come back home. And my mom and dad had stayed at our house. And uh, my mom and dad are both immigrants from Portugal, uh, but, you know, speak the language and all the rest and work really hard at that. And my mom tells me someone called, and I asked any messages, and she said, someone called, but I don't remember who the man's name was. <laughs> you know, so we're going back and forth, and we're trying to figure out exactly who it was. Mom, do you remember, was it this name or that name? Did you write it down? No, Mike, I'm sorry, I didn't write it down. I can't remember who the man's name was. And so sorry. Uh, did any of the phone calls? No, that's really the only one. And so that, that passed, and a day or two, uh, a day or two after that, phone rings, I answer it, and it's Coach Chuck McMahon with the Stampeders. And he says, hey, Coach, how are you? How was your honeymoon? How was everything? Great, Coach. Nice to hear from you. He goes, did you get, did you get my message? And I said, uh, no. He goes, well, I called. <laughs> I called and left the message that uh, for, for you to give us a call back, we haven't heard back. So we were wondering. And I said, Coach, I'm so sorry. Uh, my mother did say someone called, but she did not remember who it was. And uh, so sorry about that. He goes, well, the reason we were calling was we'd like to have you come down to the stadium and visit a little bit and see if you want to be a guest coach. But we'd like to come, uh, have you come down and have an interview with us for that. <laughs> and so that, that was just unbelievable, the fact that, you know, here's the biggest call of my life. I was a Canadian kid wanting to be a coach in the CFL. And they called, and, and, and poor mom uh, couldn't remember what the name was. So, you know, it was kind of destiny, and it's one of those stories that's been part of my journey, part of my life. It's not always going to be smooth and linear. There's always going to be bumps and bruises and things that you don't exactly know how they're going to come together, right. but they do. 
And that's kind of one of the stories that is just priceless that I always tell people is, here's the biggest call of my life. My mom cannot remember who it was. And these people are wondering, why is this guy not calling us back? Does he not want to come uh, and be part of this? So uh, that was kind of one of those things. But uh, as I said to you before, I've been living a dream and a blessed life for me as a Canadian kid, the dream to be a coach in the CFL. There's not many spots. Um, you know, and, and early on in the process, you wonder, can this happen? But, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm proof, living proof that anything could happen. Right. And, um, but that was part of my journey, too, so that's kind of funny. Yeah, things, you know what, things always seem to come out on the right side. I mean, if it was meant to be, it, it, it would be, and it did. So that that's very yeah. fun. Um, yeah. So just help me out here. So you did you, you went to Calgary, and yep. when Wally went to BC, did you go with uh, Wally back to BC? Yeah, I did. I, at the time, and to, for the first while, at my first year, um, I was just a volunteer coach. There was no money in the resources, and this is something I always tell young people and my kids as well, is, you know, if you could experience something, be an intern, you know, just experience it, you got to show people that you really, really want to do it. And a lot of times, how bad do you really want it? And for that first year, Dave, uh, I was still making some money from the university and I had a business in the East so I was able to make it my wife at the time and I you know we were just married and we could make it work so for that year in 2000 there was no remuneration for my full-time job with the uh, St. Peter's as a CFL coach so um, you know she, she my wife God bless her she was okay with it you know as you know we're just getting our lives started and here I go taking a job where I don't get paid I think this is not the kind of stuff that you know people sign up for but she supported me and, and had my back on that and uh, that first year I didn't make a penny then the next year I did special teams as a coordinator um, 2002 right. and we won a great cup in 2001 and I was a linebacker coach at the time and assistant on special teams and then I became a special team coordinator and linebacker coach and when you know things were done there in Calgary for Wally and Wally moved to, to BC uh, to Vancouver with the BC Lions I did come with him he offered me and he asked me to come along and be part of the staff and I did um, and then I had a glorious 14-year run there. But, you know, the one part of my journey that I always talk about is you need people around you to support you and help you. It's not always going to be easy. Um, and, and, and in my case, I was fortunate enough to have a wife that said, hey, we just got married. You're not going to make a penny. I understand it's what you really want to do, and you want to learn from it, so you, you know, let's do this, okay? So she was the one making the money. Um, and we made it work. The other thing, too, from that part of my journey, when I look back on it, 20, you know, two decades ago, was um, the whole, uh, you know, the whole thought process of volunteering, uh, being an intern, just immersing yourself in one: is this really for me? Do I have the competencies to get it done? Is it really what I think it is? And at the same time, you're showing people that it really matters to me and I want to do this. And, you know, we get that all the time in our business with interns, whether it's in the marketing side or the ticket side or the communication side of professional football. And, um, you know, you really have a tremendous appreciation for people who are willing to do that. And it's a great tool to get started. So that's one part I, I always say about my, my journey there. And then once I came to BC, I came in as a special team coordinator linebacker coach, and uh, we started here. I landed in Vancouver on February 2nd, 2000 and, um, 2003, and still here now. This is home for us, and uh, 
through the 14 years, there was a lot of growth, a lot of ups and downs. We had some tough years, some good years. Um, but I, I stayed the course, stayed loyal, and I, I believe in loyalty, and I believe in stay, uh, staying the course and, and going through the tough battles because I think that's going to make you battle-tested and teach you about yourself. And I think, you know, I saw anybody going through life, you can look back and say, well, that really helped me and that really helped me. Well, there were some times through the, those 14 years with the BC Lions that really tremendous, tremendous teaching tools and teaching moments, if you will, that, you know, uh, for example, when you look at the, the year that everybody talks about in 2011, um, we started 0-5 and we found a way to get through, win a championship, host a playoff game and all that. It just taught me that, you know, we emphasize, you should say, just how much character matters. People that are good people. And you said earlier, if, if, if you stick to the course and good things come to good people, I do believe that. And it's not always going to be that way. Um, but that group there stuck through it, found a way to get through it. And it, 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 it's, it's about resi- being resilient, tough, and uh, having people around you that support you. But uh, that's kind of how the experience went for me. I was there for 14 years, as you know. Uh, fortunate enough to become a head coach, which was another dream of mine, and uh, successful at the victories, just didn't get it done in the playoffs, but a uh, tremendous record in the regular season, uh, coach of the year in the first year I did right, it in 2012, I <clears throat> um, you know, most victories as a, as a uh, head coach and all that, rookie head coach, so um, just tremendous, tremendous blessings, and it was just, you know, one of the things I really enjoyed, and I have pictures all over the place, just that whole journey, enjoying that journey and going on that journey with my wife, but also my kids. I mean, my kids basically were born into BC Place. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as they, they were able to, they were there. And, um, you know, just um, just uh, tremendous, tremendous memories. But when I, when I take a look at the journey, just it was very pivotal for me to go through that experience as as a first-year guy, as a professional, and um, and finding a way to being a volunteer, making my way through an internship and, and a guest coach to, to really help me. Do you have, uh, you've probably answered this question, and I was going to ask you about philosophy. You may have said, but do you have a, a certain philosophy if someone had asked you or that you you focus on when you're, when you're coaching the players or when you're working with the team? Yeah, I, I think for me it's one of those I always tell people that football and life are the same. Both these things that we're going through as humans, is it's, a, it's about people, and that's what it's about. So whether it's sports or um, life, this is about people. And I think it's extremely important to build a relationship. Um, you know, you and I talked off air about just how close you get to these people, how much it matters, you know, how much emotion is involved in the game of football. And, and, and I think it just spills over into life. So I really think it's about people and just how you interact with people and treating people right. I, I think that really matters. In our business, in our sport, it's about winning and we're accountable and it's about wins and losses. And, you know, I always tell our players, this is the only business or only career in your life that everything you do is on camera. You're a college kid. Every practice, every game is on camera. You in high school, the same thing. You're a pro. You're always on camera. Good and point. people don't understand the amount of pressure that that puts people under. And so I would say, hey, if every single person doing their job, whether it's a teacher or a plumber or a driver, whoever it is, or a lawyer, had a camera on them every time they were performing, how do you think those people would react? It's tough. They're in a tough, tough environment. We're in a tough, tough business. And I think it comes down to people and how you treat people. And you really have to make sure that you find what works for them, 
find what what what, what makes him tick and treat him the right way. I, I firmly believe in that. And sometimes people say, "Well, can you really do that in the in, in, in the professional sport?" And I, along with some of my colleagues, believe that you treat people right, and it's about character. I think the other philosophy, if you will, that you talk about is just details and being elite at your fundamentals. Whatever it is that you do at your job, whatever your skills are meant to be, just being elite at whatever that is and the, the small details that you have to be great at. And so that's kind of, if I had to capsulize it, you know, it's really about people and how you treat them and how you build that up and build that culture and, and basically culture is a buzzword but that's really about what you do every single day what you believe in and what the people around you believe in and how you live your life every single day and I think the second tier to to my philosophy if you will is whatever it is that you do is just being a leader the fundamentals the little details you know we talk about building the foundation and growing from there just making sure every single little detail is taken care of and uh, if you do the little things right I think the big things take care of itself, and I think that comes down, in, in my world of football, is it, it, it's blocking, tackling, and catching. And if you are really good at understanding how I block, really good at how you tackle and you take care of those little things, the bigger things, things themes, and schemes will take care of themselves. And so um, that, that's kind of really what, what matters, and I think in today's world and what we're going through as a society, um, I think you understand that you've got to treat people right. You've got to take care of people. You've got to help each other out. And it's the good people that will get you through those tough moments. And I think once you get that character into the building and you get those people working together, it's about winning. So those tough moments where you've had a bad loss or those tough moments where, hey, this is a goal line stand to win the game. Let's get it done. This is all that matters. And you're able to, you know, get all their energies and get their synergies right because they believe in each other, because they believe in what you're doing, because they understand their fundamentals. I think that gives you a chance to win not only in football but in life. And, you know, I always talk about in 2006, we won the Grey Cup with the BC Lions when we beat Montreal in Winnipeg for that Grey Cup in 06. And really, it came down to a goal line stand. So Montreal had the ball. If they score on this next play, they win the Great Cup. Not much time left, and we might lose. Well, our guys, we were able to get the goal line stop on defense, which that was the side I was on, so I remember it vividly. And that was about guys just believing in themselves, doing the little things where the defensive line played low, where the linebackers played over top of the blocks of the O-line and just found a way to get it done, and they were all doing it together, so there was enough to get three or four guys to the point of attack. So, um, you know, that's, that's, I firmly believe in treating people right. I firmly believe in the fundamentals and the small details of what you do. Um, and then I, I think hard work never changes. I mean, that, that element of hard, if you're willing to work hard, anything is possible, and it's pretty cliche, but just think of yourself and every individual to think of, that exam or that test, I really worked hard for that and I saw a result. Or, you know, I really had a hard time doing this in phys ed or physically I was having an issue with that and I really overcame that. Or whatever it is, I think if you work hard, it's, it's going to come back to you. And I always tell our players, it's like making deposits, right? We teach our kids and, and everybody to kind of make those deposits and put some savings in the bank account, put some savings in the bank account. 
And sometimes things won't be coming back your way. But I always tell the players, if you keep making that deposit, meaning hard work, working hard, studying, doing those little things that matter, if you keep putting those deposits in, you're going to get the returns at some point in time. And typically in life, if you look over the long haul, you keep doing that and working hard and making those deposits, you're going to get those returns. And sometimes you can't see it. Sometimes it's it's hard to see it. Sometimes it's difficult to continue. But, you know, it's part of the journey of life and it's part of success. In order to be successful, you've got to do that. Nothing comes easy. There's only, you know, a lot of these happen to one in 10 million. So you have to do that work, that work to get those results in. That's kind of something I tell our players is to continue making those deposits and it'll come back to you. It's what you're just saying. It's, I mean, it's related to football, but as you alluded to and teaching and, and I'm a high school coach as well, um, it has to do with life, doesn't it? I mean, everything that you've just said can, can transfer over to any profession that uh, you choose to do. If you just continue those, those basic values, you know, you'll have an opportunity being successful. So, you know, it's funny, I've got, I've got a whole list of questions and, and I'm, I'm ready to lead you through and I'm thinking you, you answered every question and I, you know, I couldn't have said any of those things better than, than you did. I mean, all of the qualities, all of the things that are important in life, you just covered through. And uh, that's, uh, those, those are all very inspirational uh, moments, coach. I have to ask you, I have to ask you, we're in a pandemic right now and you being a player's coach and obviously... Uh, someone that cares about the men that he's working with. How do you work through a football season where, at, at obviously there wasn't there wasn't a season, but you're still working and you're you're still in contact with the players. So how do you how do you do that? I, I think the biggest challenge that this is presented to us is there's just you know it's it's beyond football in the sense that my biggest concern is exactly where they are in life right now. You know we have some players. I have one in particular, defensive lineman, who's lost, you know, three uncles and aunts that are elderly to the virus. You know, oh, so there's gosh. so much stress and so much concern and so much strife. Whether you're talking about where you are in politics, where you are on on racial divide, where you are economically uh, struggling through this. So for me, it's really about. Uh, it's been about two things, really. The coaches, we're a brand new staff in Ottawa because that's where I'm working now as a defensive coordinator. And so for us, as coaches, it's really been, you know, there's always been an opportunity presented in all this mess. And for us, it's been, we've had a year to learn and work via Zoom, but we've been able to learn about each other and build relationships and, and understand each other know things that I would have not known about these men if we were rushed in a three-month off-season window to get to camp. So we've had a right. tremendous opportunity as a, as a staff to, you know, scheme on, you know, watch film, talk about different philosophies. I try to teach him what I, I want to get done as a coordinator because I'm responsible. But I've had a lot of time, so I've had the ability to let the, the, the assistant coaches, my assistants, talk about different things, come up with different ideas, have input. You know, and just build a relationship that I think we are on solid ground now moving into when we get out of this mess and we play in 2021. I think we're going to be a better staff as a whole, Dave, just because we've been able to build a relationship that's a lot more solid because we've had time. And, and time is so valuable. That's something you can't buy. You can't, you can't pay for more. I mean, once that minute's gone, you're not getting that minute back. And that's one right. thing that 
you know, life's kind of taught me is you got to take a hold of the time you have because, you know, when you're younger, ah, no big deal, right? We all have a lot of time, but the time does go. So we've been afforded the opportunity through the pandemic to build relationships, uh, strong relationships through this. In terms of dealing with the players, you know, we've provided, you know, we did something a little different, which I thought we did a great job of, is we provide, provided, you know, kind of you're doing this podcast thing. We did some, you know, some tutorials and some uh, webinars where we presented the players with that. They could watch it on their own time, and that helped us kind of give the players something to watch, something to distract them and get ahead of the curve from a learning perspective. Um, but really the most important thing that we could have done is just to speak to them, see how they're doing. See, the thing, too, with these young men that I'm working with, we've never met. You know, we, right. we, never, we never launched it to training camp. Um, you know, we were, I was in Ottawa in January, uh, late January, early February to deal with the head coach and coach La Police. We spent some time, just he and I, for a couple of weeks. Then we got the staff there, and we were basically there short of three weeks because on March 13th, we were told to leave Ottawa and get home. And so we left. So we've never been able to really um, meet these players, talk to these players, touch these players, ever get a sense for what, who they are and what they are. And so it's been really about just being there, being a sounding board, making sure they're doing all right. Um, just financially, they weren't able to get paid. They were able to get some assistance just to see how they're doing that way. A lot of them at the age, there are two now. They, they're all having families of their own and how that's right. all going. Uh, so for, for with the players, really, it's really about, you know, just being there, mentoring, um, you know, sounding board. Uh, just making sure that they're uh, they're in a good place because it is a tough time that everybody's going through. So that's really been what the relationship has been about and the time's been about. And I think that'll bode well, too. Once we get out of this, right, there's going to be a lot of benefits. Uh, families spending all this time together, our coaches in the, the journey I've gone through, we spent a lot of time together on Zoom and building those relationships. But with the players, it's been about being there for them and trying to, un- to get them to understand that I know it's extremely challenging, but if you need someone to talk to, I'm here. Here is some video and some things that you can learn from to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, use up your time in the football element and maybe distract you for a little bit. So that's kind of been the huge challenge there is because no season, no time together. Even in the other leagues, whether it's, it's the NC2A, which a lot of them have canceled, the ones that are playing are going through a different uh, experience. You're a football coach, so you know we're used to practicing one, two, three, day before play the game. Well, you know, right across you know the world right now, even the National Football League, they're only practicing twice, maybe, and doing a lot of stuff virtually. Right. And so virtual is great, and we're all learning how to go about it. But, you know, like I said before, it's about people. It's about emotions. It's about having a sense of who that person is. And that human contact not being there and you've got and you've got the what what uh, is probably for you a challenge as well is the fact that you're not just obviously you're in the Canadian Football League but you're not just dealing with uh, Canadians you're dealing with you know people across the border you've got the Americans and their experience through covid is is similar but it's so different than what ours is as well and all we had talked again off mic but the challenges there with uh, all of the you know, the racial strife, all of those things happening. You've got to deal with that, I would imagine, as well with the players. Absolutely. And this is about people and human beings. And if you want optimal performance, you have to get the human being to be at a point where they're comfortable, happy, and, and healthy. And there's no doubt in my mind, Dave, that what people are going through is creating a lot of 
unhealthiness and a lot of stress and a lot of emotional strife. So, you know, you can't get a human to perform his best if there's all this other distractions. And you're right, they're going through something entirely different, different than what we experience. These are our men that are coming from different cultures, different cities, different backgrounds, and dealing with a whole different experience. What you and I go through on a daily basis is nothing uh, like what they go through on a daily basis and have their entire lives. So I can't, I can't go ahead and say I know what, what Jim or John or whoever is is going through. I can't because I haven't walked in that person's shoes. So right. uh, that's, that's, that's another barrier and a whole different experience that they're going through that I can't help them with. And uh, certainly, as I said before, um, you know, it, it's about performance and being, uh, doing the best you can and performing at a high level. But if, a, if you can't get the human being to get to the point where all the other distractions are gone and they're feeling comfortable within their skin, they're feeling confident, they have belief, if you, don't, if you can't cross all these other uh, check marks, you're not going to get the best person you can. So that's, there's huge challenges there, but there's learning experiences. I mean, the CFL locker room is a huge challenge in the sense that you have Americans, you have Canadians, you have ratio, you have people from coast to coast in our country, you have people that are, you know, are in a new country being Canada that have never been out of their state or out of their country. Um, you know, and you have all these barriers you're dealing with that, you know, sometimes they'll tell us we, we talk funny, right? Because our accent and our verbiage is different. Um, so there's, there's, there's a tremendous amount of challenges that create a situation that I just love my job. It's not just about the X's and O's of, 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 of scheming and winning a football game. But for me, it's really about people. At the end of the day, it's really about people and finding a way to reach them. And that's what I really love about uh, what I do. You're right about, uh, you know, when, when you're uh, dealing with people down south and the challenges. And when it really comes down to it, it's all just about football. I was... I was very fortunate several years ago, I was able to, uh, I was down in California and I was coaching at one of the high schools. It was just a, a summer thing. But one of the coaches, and you always learn, as, as we both have talked about, you learn something from everybody. But I remember him saying something I, I hadn't heard before. And I was on the football field and he had said to me, he goes, uh, the world would be a better place if everyone played football. And I kind of smiled at him and I said, well, I don't know if everyone's a football fan necessarily. And he goes, well, people should be. And I said, I kind of leaned back and I said, Coach, I said, I don't quite understand. And he said, the seconds when, you, uh, when you're huddling up, he goes, in those few seconds, he said, think about it. He goes, people have to try and get together. He says, religion doesn't matter. Color doesn't matter. Politics doesn't matter. All that matters is that you get together and you try and become successful in seconds. He goes, Dave, don't you think that the world would be a better place if we could all do that? And, and I, that sort of stuck with me. And, and that, that leads to sort of your philosophy. I'm listening to you talk and the similarities between you and this high school football coach in Southern California. Are, it's remarkable. It's as if I'm talking to him, to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm really enjoying listening to what you have to say. But Yeah, I mean, that, that's the exact truth. And, and it's about getting people together. So whether you're a staff room at your school teaching, whether you're working in some sort of corporation, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's about getting people together and perform. And, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, in order for you to be a great football team, um, the Eagles are going to have to go to the side. You know, there's going to be superstars. There's going to be people who are role players. But really, you have to really care about the person next to you. And football is the only coordinated dance where you know you have 12 players in our league that are trying to do something in a coordinated orchestra dance 
and every second you're doing something to try and help the guy next to you. So the center is snapping the ball and trying to protect for the quarterback. The quarterback is taking his drop. The receivers are running the routes they need to. The back is doing the protection or releasing to help the quarterback. So everybody, every second, for those six seconds, it's coordinated with these 12 people. If they do not do what they need to do, one of their other players, and a lot of term, a lot of time the term comes up, one of their other soldiers is going to fall. And so you have to put everything aside. And if you don't have a group that does that, if you have a receiver that believes in just throwing the ball or a running back that's just running and running the ball, whatever, if you get selfishness and, and you have egos that overtake that, you'll never get a successful team. So that's exactly true in terms of trying to get everybody together. But and, and uh, you know, I talk about football because I'm an expert in that. That's what my life is. That's what my passion and my journey's been. But when I speak to people, it can relate to anything. Whether I talk to my daughters that are, are 16 and 13 or whatever uh, group I'm talking to, it's about everybody getting together, doing things right, and trying to collaborate. And you know, it's easier said than done. It's a huge challenge in the world, but it's what you need to strive to. And if you do that, that's the beauty of it. You know, and everybody talks about hey a buzzword in terms of culture and chemistry. Well, if I could figure out what that chemistry thing is on the team, that chemistry thing is in an organization, well, we'd be gazillionaires. But it's yeah. so organic and there's so many moving pieces that you have to have everybody pulling the rope in the same direction and, 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 and working towards the same goal. That that whole chemistry thing is just, it's epic and it's I've been there and it's, it's, it's precious and you can taste it and see it because it's so identifiable, it's special. It's not easy to get there. And so in order to be great and have great success, it, it takes a lot of different people doing different things and it takes a lot of hard work. And you know, it takes a little luck along the way. I mean, my journey has had a ton of luck. I mean, I, I, you know, if I look back on it and when I write the book, what took me to, what took my uh, boss at the time in 2000 to say, hey, go to that camp, and he would send me and pay to get me there. You know, what would take me to have the strength to go to the, one of the top guys in our country, in our sport, and try and just speak to him out of the blue? He doesn't know who I am, but something gave me the courage to do that, and it happened. And then the next thing, to get the phone call, and the next thing, to go ahead and have an opportunity. You know, you have to, once you get there, you have to do something good with it. But you know, I look all the way across the board and the luck and the fortune I've had. There's going to be luck involved, but I do think it really matters how hard you work, and I do think it matters that you get people going in the same direction or whatever it is that you do, but you have to feel that love and passion for what it is that you do and um, ask questions, learn from everybody. There's experiences anywhere. Um, you, like you and I talked about, you can learn from anybody. Um, and just ask questions and be an advocate for yourself. If, if, if you don't show the confidence and the belief in yourself, how is this other person that wants to uh, hire you or give you that experience, how are they going to have confidence in, in yourself? You have to find a way to have an edge about yourself and show that confidence. And it's not easy. And sometimes you will say, in a game of football, it's tough. And sometimes you have to really find and pull it out of yourself, right? And, um, you know, and, and encourage each other. So I really believe in, in that whole emphasis of, you know, everybody coming together, putting aside your egos, trying to find that uh, chemistry and have everybody working in the same goal. And it's it's one of the great challenges, but it's a tremendous benefit. And uh, my biggest thing is just learn, work hard, and treat people right. And if you do that, I think, you know, chemistry, karma, and God will pay you back in faith. You're absolutely correct.
you know what, Mike, I really appreciate this. This is, uh, this is very good. And, and it's, it's interesting for me as well, because I'm new at this. So, I mean, the people that I've interviewed, it's, they're so diverse. Yourself, a football coach, I've done an astronaut, a fellow that wants to be a screenwriter and a comic book writer, uh, somebody who, uh, a female geologist, but there are all the similarities. All the things that you've just talked about are all of things that they talked about because they're all very successful in their careers. And uh, every everything that you've talked about is transferable. It doesn't matter where you go or what you do. It all comes out to treating people well, learning, and uh, moving forward through all of the challenges. So, well, you know what? Absolutely. Listen, I want to thank you very much for this. I really appreciate it. The takeaways are, are awesome. So I want to wish you all the best. Um, stay safe, safe well, stay, stay well. And uh, I hope that your season next year is a successful one. And uh, I'll be honest with you, we'll, uh, my family will uh, we'll be cheering for you, for sure. Thank you so much, Dave, and I uh, appreciate you doing this, and, and you do, you're doing a tremendous thing for all these people that are listening, and uh, I want to thank you for doing everything you've, uh, you've done, because you've been, um, I know who you are, I know that uh, you've done so much in the community with high school football and all the kids that you've taught over the years, so I want to take this opportunity to thank you for what you've done, Dave, and I know you've won awards and, and a lot of wonderful things in the past, but I think uh, people just have to know how much you've done, and I appreciate what you've done for the community, the kids you've worked with, and even uh, the, the kids you work with. So thank you so much for everything you've oh. done. Pleasure doing this, and best of luck to, to everyone listening to this, and, and go get what you want, and uh, you'll succeed. Very kind of you. Thanks, Mike. Listen, you take care. Say hello to the girls. Say hello to your wife. And uh, again, please be safe, be well, and uh, enjoy some of the time off you've still got. Take care, Mike. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that'll conclude today's episode. Once again, I'd like to thank Coach Mike Benavides for his time, his insight, and his inspirational words and messages. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. This is Dave Rizicki with Nathan Rivers. This has been The Heart of Teaching. Thanks for being with us. Please take care, be well, and as always, peace. Peace.